Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right, Woody, thank you. Kyle Krabs, host of uh, Locked on Fence podcast, joins us this morning and uh, lives up in the Philadelphia area. Kyle, I guess you've uh, found out that uh, your favorite defensive coordinator down here is now up in Philadelphia. What uh, would you think about that? Surprised at all? Um, no. First of all, how was, how was your time away, Joe? You have a nice little, little time away. I, I did, man. Thank you. I, I had a little Kansas City flu, but but outside of that, no, I was uh, I was uh, good. Thank you. Yeah, I did take a little time off and let everything kind of cool down a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, when, when everything cooled down with the Vic Fangio departure, I think you, you look back on the whole saga and even back to when he first got hired and it was reported he was hired and then he said he wasn't hired. And then he's asked about, you know, if the Eagles didn't have the tampering with Arizona and Jonathan Gannon, would he have taken the job in Philadelphia? And he's like, well, that might be true. It might not be true. I won't confirm or deny it. So I just think there's enough smoke here that, um, and I know he's got family up here. I believe his mother's up here uh, that, that I think you, you zoom out and you look at, the whole saga of the one year of Vic Fangio being here, and I don't think it's necessarily a surprise that uh, if his heart was here, then then be here, right? Like the Dolphins deserve somebody who, whose heart is in Miami too. So uh, I think there were enough context clues once the dust settled and kind of the initial uh, shock value wore off that you say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think there were some clues that this was probably coming. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um... And I, I agree with you right off the bat when somebody kind of delays getting married that maybe you, you might want to look twice at that and see if there might be problems <laughs> down the road. That's a good point. Hey, so i got to ask you, what do you think of uh, Anthony Weaver from uh, the Ravens, their defensive line uh, coach as well as assistant head coach? Yeah, uh, so he he was the D.C. one year in Houston in 2020, and that was you know when, when Bill O'Brien really tapped that team out of talent and they didn't have a lot of talent when you look at the depth chart that they had that year, and um, so it's 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 hard to gauge the one year resume as the DC in Houston as far as what to expect. I know he's, he's since come to Baltimore has a sterling reputation. I've asked around, and and anybody that I've I've talked to that's been around him has nothing but glowing things to say about him, and. You'd like to think between he's initially a Rex Ryan disciple. His first year as an assistant defensive line coach was under Rex Ryan. And when he first gets to Baltimore, he's got Wink Martindale as the D.C. And then Mike McDonald the last two years, who's obviously now in Seattle as the head coach. He has some really impressive uh, people that he's worked underneath of. So I think you have a chance to see him kind of bring a blend of ideologies and I'm excited for what that could potentially look like. And uh, I think Mike McDaniel's uh, statement 
when they announced him as the D.C., talking about player development, uh, I, I think that was, was an eyebrow-raising thing to include in the statement when you include uh, Cam Smith as a pick who they invested in and, and didn't get any playing time this right. year in lieu of player development. So uh, I, I certainly think that's a part of the big-picture aspirations of what they have with Anthony Weaver as well. But anybody I've talked to has had nothing but glowing things to say about him. Kyle, I got to tell you, man, Cam Smith is uh, <clears throat> is always a hot topic around here because that guy needs to come back. That's the luckiest man in the world. The defense coordinator that didn't like you at all is gone, and your GM and head coach that loved you when they drafted you as a fir- their first pick comes back. So he gets a fresh start with support from a head coach and a general manager and a brand-new guy to impress, and Anthony Weaver. The guy needs to come back and, by the way, not be – active or be activated on game day, the guy needs to be a starter. He desperately needs a guy that you can count on lining up outside. Do you agree? Yeah, I I definitely think so. And and that's that's no small investment. You know, Channing Tindall outside the top 100 is one conversation, but this was a fringe top 50 pick at corner for a team that's in a win-now window. So uh, I definitely agree with you that the expectation is he's probably going to start for better or for worse. And Probably whether he's ready or not, because I, I do think Xavier Howard post-June 1st is, is probably uh, somebody that they may transition away from. They'll, they can open up $18.5 million in cap space, and that opens up a whole second wave of free agency for vets on one-year deals. So that's kind of my expectation. I, I expect you're going to see Cam Smith penciled into a starting spot, uh, so he better be ready for it. So Robert Hunt, Robert Jones, Connor Williams – all going to get a nice pay raise coming up here. Even Robert Jones, who played a lot of football and, and at times looked really good. I'm just curious. So do you take one of those top two picks and draft an offensive lineman inside at one of those positions? Or do you think this is all through free agency that either we sign these guys back or we have to go get some other free agents? Uh, I think you probably bring back Robert Jones. Uh, he's that's that's not going to be a big lift, and I think you probably bring back one of the other two guys, and and yeah, I I do kind of have the expectation that you're going to have to draft one, and uh, or or hit in free agency with a guy with positional flexibility, who's maybe not a marquee top five center contract is just the example of if Connor's the one that they don't get a deal done with, so I expect you will have at least one new starter there through either free agency or the draft, and it's just a question of do, do they want to cover their bases and and try to uh, address all of it going into the draft so that they can just take talent, or are you going to come into the draft with a very defined set of needs that you need to try to fill, which is a, a little bit more of a dangerous way to try to do business because now you're boxing yourself in with who you can pick. So I, I got so many questions. Is Eichenberg good enough to come into this season and go, that's our starting center, let's go? I would I would feel better if he wasn't. Uh, I think if you at least give him competition at a minimum, uh, I think ideally that's your swing, your, I don't want to say your sixth offensive lineman, but your, your fourth interior offensive lineman. I think if, if you can live in that world, I think you've set yourself up reasonably well provided you don't have your starting right guard that plays less than 600 snaps and your starting center who plays less than 500 snaps 
and a revolving door at left guard where you had three guys that played 400-plus snaps across the season, which is what they had to deal with this year. As long as you don't have the same level of attrition on your interior offensive line, I think you can feel really good about Liam being the fourth interior offensive lineman, but that means you got to address the spots in front. Well, the other one is is a really awkward one that have both your best pass rushers injured later or late in the season and uh, know they're coming back, but they might – well, they're going to miss some games, and and I don't know when they get to 100% with an Achilles and an ACL. How do you treat that look going forward if you're the Miami Dolphins? You still got to have somebody ready to go in September. How do you handle it? What do you do? So one thing that I – think you feel a little bit better about is you do have annually it seems like the veteran pass rush market has a lot of options in the summertime so guys that sign one-year deals that are reasonable one-year deals for a couple million dollars about like Jadavion Clowney signing in Baltimore this year and he was a massive hit uh, you think about Melvin Ingram the year before with Miami. Yeah, that uh, that you know, they, they, there's guys that are in their 30s who you know are a little bit longer in the tooth who want to be a little bit more selective, maybe not go through OTAs and mini camps, who you can sign on one-year deals. I would not be surprised if if they do have a big June first transaction <laughs> to open up 15, 18 million dollars in cap space. If they chose to go that route. And then you can get a couple vets knowing, hey, these guys might have to play high volume at the start of the season until the other guys kind of ramp themselves back up and are ready to go. Does it make any sense to you to try to trade for Patrick Sertan Jr. as good? First of all, I can't believe Denver would get rid of a guy that talented and that young. But what's your thought? on? I hear Patrick Sertan's name. I know he would love to play down here. I, I really believe he'd love to come back home and play. But what, what do you think? I'm sure he would. It's I that's just becomes a question of at the expense of what other big contracts that you have to be ready for. So, um uh, to to be ready to not hand out to guys who are internal for you that you already have. And I, I think it'd be a home run addition, but at the cost of not just a first round pick probably, but multiple draft selections is um Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow for where this team has already positioned themselves and who they've invested in already with draft picks and big contracts. I, I know we don't know what Chris Greer is going to do, and we know that he's given up a lot of draft picks to get some of our best players in Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb and and uh, Jalen Ramsey and, and other guys that are all really good football players. But my gut feeling is you need to keep one and two, the 21 and the 55th pick. I don't know, maybe spread them out if you can get another early pick. But you need to you need to get back to hitting on a couple of draft guys. It's just cheaper, and, and there's no reason they can't play if it's the right guys. They can't play in your system, and after a few games, be pretty damn good players. Or is that wishful thinking? No, I, I think that's part of the, the the cycle. You know, everything's cyclical with team building, and you saw this really uh, committed approach to pooling draft picks the first few years, and then it's hey, we're, we're going to get more aggressive to get established players to try to raise the bar and raise the floor and raise the ceiling of the team. And every team kind of hits that peak, and then you have to start swinging the ideology back the other way so that there's some sustainability in what you're doing. They, they talk about wanting to build a sustained winner, and, and that requires prolonged winning, but it also requires kind of these 
cyclical approaches to how you're constructing the roster. So I think you're 100% right. And I think in a perfect world, you get another day two draft pick, whether that's trading back from 21 or whether that's trading a player or, or whatever that would look like. I, I think that that has to be the school of thought this year. And uh, and finally, I, I think we need to upgrade to third uh, wide receiver. We we need more case yes. one of the two guys outside goes down like we just saw this year where they were either nicked up and tried to play at 50, 60, 70% or couldn't play at all and have another guy there. Uh, is it that hard to find it at a at a fair price to to find a young guy that can step in and, and be an impact wide receiver? I, I think your easiest pathway to doing that is is honestly through the draft, and I think that is probably why it's important that they do try to find an extra draft pick that's a reasonable draft pick when you consider. Uh, you're probably going to need an interior offensive lineman that you need to plan on drafting, and you probably need to plan on probably drafting an interior defensive lineman. If you let Christian Wilkins walk, uh, that's a two-person job to fill that because he's playing 80 85% of the right. snaps on the interior defensive line. So even if you sign a vet to step into his shoes, you'll probably need another guy. And those are two spots that you, you want to have contributors right off the jump. So those are your, your early draft picks. As things currently stand, as far as kind of how you would like to ideally plan to use them, well, you can get a wide receiver three in this draft that that's you feel really good about having a, a winning skill set, whether it's through a, a guy in the slot or a guy with size on the outside, right. but they need to find the pick to do it. But the, the, this is like the third straight year where you're looking at the wide receiver classes and there's... 15 guys that you're like yeah i could see that guy in the right offense being a really good fit and, and those guys are out there for him this yeah. year but you, you just got to get the resources to, to feel comfortable using a pick in that regard or else spend elsewhere to, to make that a, an option for you with the picks you do have i leave you with this one um my gut feeling is christian wilkins chris really wants him back and, and whatever they come clean on how they handled it last year or not they, they want to sign him you think he's back with his team or not? There's obviously a lot of different ways to do it, including tagging the guy. I, I get the sense that there's a pretty big void um, in what Christian's market would be otherwise versus where I think they, they can realistically kind of budget. And uh, I think the one thing you can't do is you can't let them play on the tag this year for $23 million with their salary cap situation. Yeah, good point. That's just a, a really, really difficult pill to swallow. You can do anything if you get a contract extension done because there's uh, Jeffrey Simmons in, in Tennessee signs a, a deal that's $23.5 million per season. His year one salary cap hit was under $6.5 million against the cap, right? So, you can do that across multiple years, but if it's just the one-year franchise tag, yeah, good point. that's 23, you can't play with it. There's nothing you can do. So I think that's the one thing they can't do is plan on Wilkins playing on the tag this year. All right. Well, listen, man, there's one thing about it. There's a lot to talk about with this team and putting this sucker oh, yeah. back together in a win-right-now situation. Always great having you, Kyle. Thank you, buddy. appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one. All right, you too. Kyle Krabs, the host of uh, Locked on Fence podcast, does a great job, uh, like so many people out there that uh, cover this team, that are passionate, that uh, really, really study it like Kyle does. Hey, I got to tell you uh, about this guy, Tony Garcia. I got so excited about this because I needed it. I call him the insurance guy. 
You know, what's a topic that most people just don't want to talk about? Life insurance. Nobody talks about it because nobody wants to die. But what if I told you that life insurance isn't only about dying, but it's about living. Life insurance has evolved over the years, and now it's not just an inheritance you leave behind. It's a tool for your financial present and future. With IUL and Index Universal Life, you can accumulate cash and save tax-free for your retirement, have the protection of living benefits, unexpected illnesses like cancer and a heart attack or even a stroke. If you're the breadwinner of your family, you have to check this out. So good for your family. Something that's become very, very popular. My friend Tony Garcia from National Life can help you with this IUL. You got to check it out. It really is fantastic. Plans from as low as $25 a week. And it really is peace of mind for you. Call Tony Garcia. Let him explain it all to you. He's the insurance guy. That's 305-798-5832. 305-798-5832. It's IUL, life insurance with living benefits and great cash accumulation for you.